0: Uh, on uh, 3, 2, 1, uh, we are speaking with the uh, one and only uh, Chris Jericho. He is uh, involved, or he produced the film I'm Too Old for This Shit, a heavy metal tale, or heavy metal fairy tale, as we say. Uh, and I've had a chance to watch it uh, about this band Siren, and it's uh,
1: terrific. It's, uh, it's a great video. Well, thanks, man. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where... Um when I heard about kind of this story of this band that, that hadn't existed in over 30 years and suddenly they get this offer to play a fairly big festival in Germany because they're told that they have a fan base that they knew nothing about. Right. Uh, I was like, that, that that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's like, I've been in a rock and roll band for, for, for 20 years and you don't just get invited to a festival in Europe where they take heavy metal very seriously when you haven't played for 30 years. So I decided to to send a, a documentary crew because I thought this is either going to be a giant shit show or it's going to be like the greatest feel-good story, follow-your-dreams type of vibe that had ever happened. That's kind of what we got and so much more. You're on mute, Mitch. Oh, the camera
0: seems to have disappeared for some reason. That's yeah, weird. Oh, well, we're having one of these. All right, there, there you are, you're back, yeah, so, so, what compelled you to do this? Were you a fan of the band, or you just were interested in the actual no, story?
1: Just here's the thing so so people go, well, we've never heard of siren, I've never heard of siren and you're not supposed to have heard of siren because no one had heard of Siren because they hadn't played since nineteen eighty five and the reason why I was hip to it is because a good friend of mine who's the drummer in Siren at aborn. Um, I've known him for 20 years and I knew that he used to be in a band siren big deal we all used to be in bands when we were in high school everybody was going to take over the world and one out of a million did so when he told me he's a very humble guy but he told me like yeah we just got this call to play this festival in Europe I was like what are you talking about you, you haven't played in a band in 35 years. Somehow they had recorded these demos that made it over to Germany that amassed this fan base that they knew they had, they had no idea existed. And one of the fans was a big promoter who wanted them to play this festival. And that's when I was thinking there's no way this is real. Like it doesn't work that way. It turns out that it did work that way because when they do the festival and you kind of see the, in the culmination of the movie, there's, you know, 10,000 people chanting siren and singing their lyrics wow. about freaking Wizard of Oz, whatever the hell they sing about. <laughs> and it's like, it really came true. And it just shows, like, whether you're a fan of rock and roll or heavy metal or not, it shows that dreams can come true, even at this late stage in life.
0: What what I find amazing in the, in the movie is the fact that they're not really musicians anymore. And they sort of had to relearn how to be rock stars. They had to sort of relearn their songs. They had to relearn their parts. And it's just like, oh, and, and now they've got the back
1: from the dead albums. <laughs> well, well, and then that's the thing. Like you said, like, it's, it's not just a matter of relearning. Like Ed, he, he, when he left Siren in 1985, he never played in another band again. Right. He's, he still plays. Like he has a studio and he'll play for himself. But these guys had not had a gig since the mid 80s. And so that was part of it. And then there was also part of like finding out who who could even be in the band, who's still around, who still wants to do it. And then you got the whole kind of fish out of water of guys traveling. Like when you go to Europe to play a festival, you know, you got to find gear and you got to find amps and you got to get a ride to the gig and where are we going to stay? And all of these sort of things. I mean, I think the guitar player hadn't been in an airport since 9-11. So then they're trying to figure out Instagram and, and and filters and, you know, just how to get from point A to point B. And that's why I called the movie. I'm too old for this shit. Before we even filmed a stitch, I said to the, to the director, Nathan, I said, dude, at some point, one of these guys is going to say, I'm too old for this shit. And they said it like on three separate occasions. We didn't even have to prompt it. They actually were saying it because they don't know what they're doing from a travel standpoint, from a gig standpoint. And so all of these things Just really combined to make this really cool, heartwarming story of these dudes who left their rock and roll dreams behind decades ago. And yet for this one weekend, like you mentioned, they are rock stars. They're they're rock stars.
0: And it's funny because, you know, I'm over 50 and I do the, the rock interview stuff and I say this all the time. I go, I'm too old for this shit. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll get a letter from a publicist and you just go, oh, I'm, just, I'm just too old for this. I just...
1: <laughs> what am I dealing with this for, right? Yeah.
0: What am I doing for it? Why am I dealing with this? But, uh, you know, in Canada, we have, of course, a story of Anvil. And they did their video and they did their movie. And it, of course, gave them a whole second career. You've probably talked to the guys since this has come out or since the, uh, the, the previews and people are talking – are they planning on, on touring? Are they planning on doing something? Do they want to relive the dream? Because, you know, they have a yeah. life. It's
1: hard to just leave everything behind. But once you get a taste of it, you realize that you, that's all that matters. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're not suddenly going to go on the road for, you know, three months of the year. But I think once they realize that they had a fan base and people that wanted to see them, that they're going to do a few more shows over in Europe. They did a new record, like you said, Back from the Dead. Um, I think they had a lot of stuff, a few things booked last year before COVID hit. But I think now that Siren is around, because as another thing that you say, and you're going to understand this, Mitch, there's a lot of people. It wasn't just the dream of the band to go to Germany. It were these a whole more than a handful of German fans who are saying that it's my dream to see Siren. I live my life for Siren. These are direct quotes. If I had the chance to meet Iron Maiden or Siren, I would choose Siren. Now, these are no small words because you know in Germany, heavy metal is the law. Right, it rules. We live, it rules. We live, for, we live our life for heavy metal. And so for people to say, I'd rather see Siren than Iron Maiden, that's a big statement from this, from this country and this group yeah. of, of hardcore fans whose whole life is Iron Maiden. And they're yeah. saying we take Siren above them. So it was a real cool two sides of the coin for the band coming over and for the fans who've been waiting to see them their whole lives as well. So to answer your question, I think they will do some more stuff when they can, sporadically. Hopefully. And, and by the way,
0: I, I so get that sentiment because right now, if you said, would, do you want to see FM or Iron Maiden? Do you want to see Thunder? I'd rather see those ones because it's rare. You don't get that. Over exactly here. whereas exactly iron maiden right. I, if i don't catch him this year i'll probably catch him next year
1: and that's the thing too if at the very end of the documentary you see that siren was the highest selling band merch wise of the festival and listen they're playing with raven and grim reaper and th- these are bands that have a big fan base over there but they play every year siren had never been and suddenly that shows that people were waiting to see them they sold the most merch for, for the weekend and that's like these people were so excited to see this band like you said this band that was they never even thought they would have the chance and now they do
0: yeah well and and that's as a fan that's what I appreciate I would rather mm-hmm. go see a band tomorrow morning if we could that I haven't seen or know I'm never going to see again then you know we love our right. kiss we love our maiden we love our Aerosmith but they'll be back next year they'll be back the year after yeah Not these bands. Um, So you got into the the filmmaking. Is that something that you want to branch into? Because, I mean, you've done the TV show on the CBC. You've done, you know, wrestling. You've done music. Is this sort
1: of the next hill to climb for you? I mean, Mitch, for me, it's like I I do things when they come on my radar that make sense. You know, and I never... I'm just waiting for the right movie to produce. But when this movie came up and the thing is uh, the the guy I mentioned his name before, the guy that directed the movie, his name is Nathan Mowry. He's done the last four Fozzie videos. He did Fozzie across America. We've worked together in AEW filming things and building things. So he, we think the same way. And that's when I said, like Nathan will find a story if there's one to be found. So that's when I said, go over there and see what you can get. So it was the right story with the right team with the right element. And that's why I did it. Am I looking for another movie to produce? Not really, but that's not to say that I won't do one. If something comes to mind like this one did, it just was the perfect storm. Like we have to figure out how to do this. And then once we made the movie trying to sell it, you're thinking, Oh, Amazon prime and Netflix and Hulu. There's, they're all looking for content. There there's, they're not looking for content. There is so much content. So, so, for us to be able to sell it to, to, to the production company we did and then have it come up on iTunes and Amazon and go to Canada and all these different places, it just shows there's a real big uh, fan base for this movie and a great word of mouth on top of it. So will I do another one? Maybe. But the fact that we did this one uh, for all the right reasons and having the reaction that we're getting tells you that I made the right decision in, in pursuing this story. You really did, and in fact, I'm
0: just going to look it up here. Amazon launched something today that actually might be beneficial to this. They called it. Hold on, here. I'll I'll, I'll go find it real quick. Amazon Prime has launched the Coda Collection, a channel of nothing but music documentaries. First, uh, first today, 150 titles going live.
1: So that'll be uh, that'll be for this. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that can work. And you know, like I said, it, 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 it's interesting because I I love documentaries. But there's so many of them. So, what makes a good documentary? And I think it, a, a good documentary transcends the subject that they're talking about. It really For does. example, yeah, it really does. like this is, yeah, it's about heavy metal and rock and roll. But you could watch this, not being a fan of it, and just seeing these guys capturing this this dream. Well, you know, and I agree with that because when I
0: watched it, listen, I wasn't aware of Siren. I, I had right. to look up who they were. To be honest.
1: Nor was I
0: right, you know? and and I watched it. But what I got, and and it, it tugged at the heart. I mean, here are these mm-hmm. guys. I got to relive it. They were wanted by this audience. The audience treated them like kings. They were like, you have to stand in the, the rock star stands in the middle for the yeah, for the right. picture, right? <laughs> and 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 I can just imagine that. You know, if I were to have this whirlwind weekend where somebody pulled me out of Montreal and flew me to Germany and made. I'd I'd be, you know, I'd have a, be
1: a kick. So no, it was, it was heartwarming. It's a heartwarming story. And, and and like you said, there's some similarities to Anvil, but the difference between the two movies is Anvil never stopped. Anvil has been playing since 1979 to current day. They just kind of the success that maybe they could have had or should have had, didn't quite go their way. So there was a story there. Our story is the fact that they hadn't played since 1985 so, but it ends the same way where there's a real heartwarming feeling of like, wow, it paid off for these guys. And like I said, like, I just really love those stories. And then you, see, you get to know the guys in the band and you know, I've never, I still have never met the bass player, Greg Culbertson. And the reason why I bring it up is Greg becomes kind of the, the spiritual star of the show. Like he's so lovable, but he'll disappear and go follow a cat through Germany at 6 a.m. <laughs> and they can't find him anywhere and he's late for his flight and he doesn't know what this means. But you just love the guy because here's a guy who says, this is the greatest moment of my life with the exception of my daughters being born. And you believe it because it's true. It is true. It, it is know? true to be plucked
0: out of your existence yeah. and thrown on a stage in Germany. It is it, It's a fairy tale.
1: Yeah. And then I love the end too where... You know, they turn around, and it's the typical, you know, band shot that we all do at festivals, where you know the, you're the photographer, and the band, yeah. and you turn around, and the photographer stands with the drum riser, and the crowd's behind you. But when they do that shot, the look on their face, and it's basically the final scene of the movie, is of like it's overwhelming for them. They look like they're gonna cry. They look like they're. They have the deer in the headlights have no idea what's going on. They look like they're the happiest guys in the world. Just the look of these five guys just standing there basically sums up the whole film of, like, this feeling of, like, huh. holy shit, it happened. Yeah, and quite frankly, I, I probably would have put that on the cover, you know? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, that and that's the thing, too. You try and figure out what to put on the cover, and, and, and that and would have like been it. Great- <laughs> that would have been it had we had the right shot. Because, once again, like trying to get the footage from these guys, too, like it's not easy to do that. We, the festival's called Keep It True. So now we got to try and figure out what to do. And they'll give us three minutes of one song. And if you want more, it's going to cost you, you know, 10,000 euros or whatever the hell it is. And it's like, fuck, man, I'm, I'm making this, you know, on a, on a wing and a prayer. So let's take the three minutes and see what we, what we can do with it. It's amazing. So it, it, you know, it's it's one of those things as a, as a learning process for me as a producer, which I've never done before. It's another feather in your cap that gives you more experience to deal with all the things that we have to deal with when you go on a, a tour, for example.
0: Now, it's amazing because uh, there's a there's a festival up here called Montebello Rock Fest. And I, I don't know if you actually played that, but... Um, yeah a twisted sister came for their 40th anniversary and they were shooting a documentary and the film guy, you know, he had the all access pass and he went into the pit and they threw him out. They go, you didn't ask permission. They go, it's our band. I have an all access pass. They go, no, you can't film at our festival. And you're (laughs) like,
1: you're like, what do you mean you can't film at our festival? (laughs) Yeah. They they all have their own rules. And then once again, too, dealing with a German festival, which is a language barrier and attitude barrier. So once again, we were able to get everything that we needed and we did a lot of edits on it. And, you know, I spent a lot of time on this film, uh, to get it exactly right. And once again, working with Nathan, I'll say, dude, you got to cut a second here and add a second there. Most people might think I'm crazy, but I know what, I know what I like and I know what I want to see as far as building this story. And you know, one thing I love too about it is when you see a documentary, like for example, Oh, here's a documentary of the stones touring the States in 1972 it's all archival footage. What can we find? For us, we were living this in real time. We didn't know what was gonna happen because it was happening on film as we went through it. So, um, like I said, it was just a great experience and the product, the final story, it will bring a tear to your eye. And that's not uh, a lie. My wife watched it and she was crying at the end. And it's yeah. just one of those type of films.
0: I, I agree. And, and in fact, since you have so much footage, may, maybe you repackage it for Netflix as a six episode something. Or uh, Anyway, it's, it's real great. Since you, since we mentioned 1985, just real quick, Quarantine put out Loves a Deadly Weapon from Kiss Asylum from 1985.
1: <laughs> Great segue. Good segue, man. Oh, what so a pro. I'm what so good pro. at
0: these. I'm so good at these. Um, talk to me just a bit quickly about quarantine because, listen, uh, COVID hits and everybody's in quarantine. You put this band together
1: and it's it's yeah, sort of, I think, you know, I was, go ahead. I think that we had discussed it a little bit, but if we haven't, I mean, basically, you just nailed it on the head. Everybody's in quarantine with a a Q uh, and this is back last march and april when we really did. i know your your lockdown is different from ours but none of us really we're really still in lockdown was... you're in florida and you get to go have lunch we have not I... had
0: listen the last time i went to a restaurant uh probably
1: march 6th or 7th that that, that just that blows my mind 2020 <laughs> yeah, of 2020? <laughs> yeah and, and like so and, and, but at that point, we didn't know if this was going to be like Captain Trips from the stand where the whole world expo- – So anyways, I got a, a clip of a friend of mine who's the drummer of Quarantine. His name is Kent Slusher. He drums for Luke Bryan yep. who's a stadium-level country guy. But he's, a, he's a, Most country guys are rock guys too. And it was yep. the beginning of No, No, No. And I said, well, what are you doing with this? And we me meet my friend Joe McGinnis who is is the, is the guitar player from Classic 78 – which for KISS fans is a band that plays songs uh, in like the, Kiss. In the
0: style of KISS from, from Kiss. 1978, but not actual right. KISS songs.
1: But they're all originals, and they yes. it's like they're nailing it. So like, there's so many KISS, like Charlie Benanti and John yeah. 5. They love this band.
0: And by the way, Luke Bryan was a concert that I was going to in August, and it got
1: canceled. So got canceled. Luke, Luke's a canceled show for me. It's a great show. That's the only country show I ever saw because of Kent. And it, it was, I had so much fun. But so, anyways, they, they, what are you guys doing this for? We're just going to put up on YouTube. And I never do things half assed. Let's, let's, there's so many bands that aren't releasing songs right now because they don't want to release something without a tour. Let's grab PJ f- from Trickster. He toured with Kiss. He's got the cred for that. And let's release it as a single and see what we can do with it. And the song went all the way to number 25 on the Billboard rock charts. Which because- is insane. 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 It's the highest charting single from the crazy nights record. I know (laughs) it charted higher than reason to live in crazy, crazy nights, which Paul is loving, I'm sure. But anyway, so once we did it, it was like, we had so much fun with it. Like, this is really cool. Let's continue on of doing this eighties kiss cover band that only plays stuff from the non-makeup era. That's not a hit. That's our rule. It can't have a video or can it can have been released as a single so, and see what we can do with so it. So wait a minute. You can't touch Unmasked,
0: The Elder, or Creatures of the Night then? You can't. Oh, that's, that's
1: And you also bad. can't touch <clears throat> Heavens on Fire or Lick It Up or All Hells Breaking Loose or Turn On the Night or anything that has a video attached to it, oh. Rise to it, oh, Domino. Because
0: uh, Naked City done by quarantine could,
1: could be quite something. Well, and the thing is there's so much great material from that era. And most people don't remember it or know it. Like when, when we released No, 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 they're like, this is Kiss. Right. It sounds more like something from Eat em and Smile, yeah. you know? So then we did Heart of Chrome, which was, we didn't release as a single, but it did another 100,000 views on YouTube. And uh, it's been a few months. Other things happened. I had a Fozzie record that I made. But now it's like, let's do something else. What does the panel want to do? And the, and the other cats suggested Love's a Deadly Weapon. Now, I have never been a huge fan of the song. Thought it was okay. But then when I listened to it and dissected it as a singer, it's hard. Gene's material from that era is super underrated because the way he writes, like every melody line, every verse is a different melody line. If you listen to that and it's off time. And there's this one part at the end, that's almost like this dream theater drums where it's completely backwards. It's almost like a prog rock song with a kiss twist so we said let's do it and, and and we did it and so then we decided to do a video in my backyard which is what you saw and that's the first time i ever met joe mcginnis in person <laughs> we're, we're a band with a top 25 hit and we've never even met in person that's the way of the world right now right yeah
0: but that's that that's okay it's the way it yeah. should be and 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 i'm uh, gonna throw out uh secretly cruel as a song that needs to be redone it's
1: And trust me, we have a list, and there's so many to do. And once again, if you're a fan like we are, you're like, this is great to hear. If you don't know these songs, it's almost like Metallica used to play all those Diamond Head songs when they first started. Everyone thought they were originals. Like, there's people who think that Quarantine's my other original band. So either way, we're taking – and I know Gene – Paul loved Heart of Chrome, and Gene loved No, No, No and Loves a Deadly Weapon because I sent them to the guys. And I think they're all just really – Flattered that this is an era of kiss that they they don't even really touch, but we're doing it and cool. people are responding to it. It's kind of giving it a whole new life. Yeah, it's 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 a
0: an era that is sadly ignored. I, I think you know they probably could have over the years thrown in forever
1: or or whatever right into the set list, but for whatever you know, reason, I'm just happy that on the end of the road that they started doing tears are falling. So at least we have heaven's on fire, licking up tears are falling they were doing crazy nights once in a while. Oh, I saw hide night, your heart. I saw hide, hide your heart. heart once in a while, but at least, at least they're, they're playing some, but I mean, Bruce Kulick loves this because he's so proud of his era as he should be. And Bruce even played on our version of heart of Chrome, you know, which the video was filmed really quarantine style where you just set up your iPhone and send it in and we edited it up properly. But so it's really turned into this viable, cool second band. Like we're getting offers to play gigs now. Um, You know, so why not? It's, you know, there's nothing better as a musician than playing with other musicians. We all love this era of Kiss. It's fun for me to sing. It's different from what I do in Fozzy because Fozzy is much more of a radio band uh, where you're not singing, you know, super high Paul Stanley melodies from 1992. But this gives me a chance to get my rocks off you know, and, and, and do it kind of in a different, in a different project.
0: God, I wonder if Paul regrets singing those songs like that from the eighties. Cause there's, there's almost no way you can do them as you get older. Is And just... I think,
1: I think that's one of the reasons why they don't play forever. They don't do some of those tunes because they are so high and there's nothing against Paul. It's just, you get no, older. No, no. It, like,
0: it's uh, Sebastian it's, Bach. It's, it's that whole era. Everybody yeah, was like
1: louder, yeah, faster, higher. And it's also the same reason why Ozzy doesn't do Symptom of the Universe, for example. I mean, it's over the mountain. There's just such high melody lines that you have to drop some of those songs. So thankfully, I can do those melodies. Um, so it's fun to sing. But some of them are hard, man. Like those, Even the Gene songs. Gene's a great singer, too. There's a scream at the very end of Love's a Deadly Weapon. It's got to be. 10, 15 seconds long. And it's high. If you listen to, you listen to the original or listen to our version. So, you know, I'm standing in the studio and it's like, okay, it's going to be a tough one. You know, one more time. it's just boom. And fucking hell. Like, uh, we got it, but I'm like, these are hard songs to sing, man. Incredibly hard songs. Uh, just before we
0: leave, you know, as we get older and, the, the, you know, the physicality of, of wrestling gets more and more, do, do you keep going? Or are we starting to think about I'm going to be a rock star or I'm going to be a movie guy? Are we starting to think about, hey, my neck, my back, I, my shoulders, because
1: my yeah, shit hurts I
0: mean, <laughs> and, I get, and I
1: don't get thrown on a mat. <laughs> I've been thinking about it probably for 20 years. You know, what what's life after wrestling going to be? I didn't think I'd be doing it in 30 years, but uh, I still feel great doing it. Um, I'm smarter about what I do, when I do it. But there'll be a time when, when that is done as well. And it'll be a lot probably closer to sooner than later. But that's okay because there is so many other things going on. And now that Fozzie's really kind of, taking hold and building. I mean, we're on Sony music now and and they just picked the next single and they want to do four singles. And you know how the record business works, man. You have to have somebody behind you even to this day. And radio is still important if you're not kiss or iron maiden or Metallica. So we have this push and we have this potential to go to the next level. So more time will go into Fozzie as I move forward. And it would have been going on as well. And going back to COVID, everything stopped. You know, we've had a tour that we've postponed five times now. And the reason is nobody wants to cancel. We could can, we just keep postponing it until we can play. And hopefully, you know, hopefully that's in the fall. Who knows? Who right? knows? Who knows? Well, the,
0: the, the greatest thing I, I read today based on COVID was from the Wall Street Journal. They said that COVID cases have dropped 77% in the last six weeks and right. that by April... They think we'll have reached herd immunity, at least in the States, by April. I mean, April. that's great.
1: You know, and that's what you need. And listen, th- that's one hope. thing you mentioned. You mentioned Florida. Like, yeah, hope. But in Florida, we started having limited capacity fans because we wrestle outside in Jacksonville. It's, a, it's an amphitheater. holds 6,000. We're at 10% to, I think we moved to 15. So the most we had was 1,000 people. But dude, it felt like a sold out, you know, bell center. Like after wrestling for six months in front of nobody, zero people, having a 1,000 people in this giant place was still great. And now I just heard that the Knicks and the Rangers are doing 10% capacity. So slowly let's bring people back in. And then when you can finally hit that level where you can make some money, then bands will start touring again because that's what it's all about. You can't make money if you're on this budget of a sellout show budget, but you can only put 50% of the people in there. You just can't do it. And that I think is is probably the biggest thing that's going to hold bands back as we continue is just the financial part. As long as the health part is good, then the financial part will sort itself out and then we'll all be back at shows again.
0: Yeah. And and it's amazing that you mentioned that because I watch hockey, as you know, and I'm watching the North Division, of course, and you see, you know, Maple Leaf, not Maple Leaf Garden, but where the Maple Leafs play. It's all empty. Yes. And last night I watched a game with the Kings in Arizona and they had fans. Yeah. And they were all spread out, but it felt like it was 50,000 people. Yes. And it yes. was just amazing because they, they would score a goal and,
1: yeah, and you're like, Cheer, real, <laughs> real cheering. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I can't believe it. Oh my God. So, yeah. You know, and I went to the Super Bowl because it was in Tampa and it was 20% or maybe 25%. I mean, obviously this is a 60,000 seat stadium. So, but it was like one or two people, then one or two cardboard cutouts. So... 20,000 people making noise, but you see 60,000. I felt like a real boy again. Like I felt like it was actually at a Super Bowl. And so it's like, like you mentioned, it was a little bit of hope, which felt good. Like, you know, so like I mentioned, our Fozzie tour just got moved to September, October. And this is the one where they're saying, okay, this, like you mentioned, this is going to be the time we're sure. Okay. We're sure it means nothing, but at least like guns and roses are booked October, November in New Zealand and Australia. And Duff is like, we're going, apparently. So, okay. Like, if that's the light at the end of the tunnel, then let's hold on to, to September. You know what I mean? And hopefully that'll be the one.
0: Yeah, and your, uh, your buddy Dax Nelson, Cheap Trick, have a tour with Bush and Stone Temple Pilots in Australia starting at the end of March. Really? Yeah. they're doing They're doing end of March and early April in Australia, 10 dates. And do they paid. have
1: to? Do they have to quarantine when they get there?
0: I I actually spoke to Dax. They said they have to quarantine, so they have to fly in. I think two weeks before. Yeah. And they but two weeks in Australia. I mean, you know, no kidding. Well, but, I mean,
1: you do you listen. And here's the thing: some bands have to try it, and if they go there and it works, then boom, here we go, right? You know, it's like so. There's and there's also still a lot of people like people have different mindsets depending on where you live, right? Like we live in Florida and we see what happens every day here and know like, okay, for, for what our restrictions are, it's, 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 it's working. People aren't getting sick, you know, and all that, whatever. For you live, you have the curfew. Okay. So if we have a concert in Florida, for example, that people in other states see, well, what are these crazy people doing? And meanwhile, if nobody gets sick, well, let's give it a try. So I think mentally people are going to have to be ready to like, okay, we need to at least try this.
0: Well, and that's the thing, by the way, because, you know, Buck Cherry played there recently. Uh, uh, Steel Panther played there recently. Uh, Who else played there? Air Supply played there recently. I'm trying to think of the other one. Uh, Night Ranger, all played Mm -hmm. in Florida. And Mm -hmm. none of the guys are dead. None of the guys have COVID. And so you sit here in Montreal and you go, well, well, it, it seems like they're doing the wrong thing, but yet nothing seems to
1: be happening. So it, it, it's almost like it's not fair. And I get that. Like for right. me in Florida, even us wrestling, like, like Mitch, I've been sweating, spitting, bleeding on guys since March. And we have had very minimal cases. We have 350 employees and crew that test every week. So times 350 times four times 10. I mean, that's. 10,000 tests and maybe 30 or 40 have been positive. So like and we're wrestling each other. This is as close as you get, right? Yeah, I
0: mean that's sweat and spit and all the stuff they say they yeah. would to avoid.
1: So No, we're all we're all tested and, and it's cool, but it's, so if we can do that then hopefully like you mentioned and I get it like if you see someone going to a Night Ranger show in Florida and go, "Well, this is crazy. These guys are idiots." And so meanwhile everyone had fun and nobody got sick. Well, then what's what's the problem, right? So yeah. I think we all just need to get on the same page psych- psychologically, yeah. which, like you said, Mitch, if the herd immunity builds and more vaccines are coming out, I think everyone will get more locked into the same position Face, yeah. what are our restrictions. Well, well that, now, that Wall Street Journal
0: uh, report from today was so hopeful. You just went, oh, yeah. like
1: that's great news. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I mean, I don't think we'll have herd immunity by April, but at least maybe
1: July. Maybe and, that's, and listen, that's- it's funny because I just spoke to uh here, here's the name drop, but fuck it. I spoke to Tony Iomi today, it's his birthday, and he he and I have a cool relationship. If I email him, he emails me right back, and, and they're locked down in England too for six weeks, they've been so far. Same, same as what you have. No leaving your house, no talking to anybody that's not in your household. So once again, so Canada's like this, and England's like this. Now, the United States—some states are this way, and some states are that way. So, all that matters is we get back to back to normal a chance to and go and, play and, some and shows. And by the and, way,
0: statistically, California and Florida, who are diametrically opposed in their measures, have the exact same result. So it's just like
1: yeah, and and, and per capita, <laughs> they have more than us. Yeah, for population, like every hundred thousand has this amount. So there you go. Because California was locked down florida was fairly open and they're pretty much the same so if that's the case then why not open and let people make some money have some mental uh relief you know so hopefully we'll start getting more of that as the months progress and it's
0: interesting because i mean i work from home so i've literally been at home since march Mm -hmm. i haven't gone to a show i haven't gone to a restaurant so it's like but you know i'm actually kind of enjoying it it's it's peaceful now that we have hockey on at night i'm good I'm, you know and as long as the haves keep winning we're good uh i'm too old for this shit a heavy metal fairy tale you can go uh, stream it on uh I, well i know i saw it on apple so it is available
1: folks go watch everywhere it. yeah if, you, if you're locked down you got nothing to do this is a fun 90 minutes that'll make you feel a little bit better about about life
0: yeah, and I, and I don't want to draw the uh, comparison to Anvil again, but if you like that Anvil story about this sort of ragtag bunch that, that had a made it, and this 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 is not a ragtag bunch, but they came back and they, they played the show, and you see that ending, and yeah, it'll make you cry. You're like, oh,
1: good for them. Oh, good, yeah. Good for the, them. The, the more happy feelings we can get in this day and age, the better it is, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and on that, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup, oh, toujours un plaisir, always a pleasure. <laughs> thank you mon ami. I think, you, yes. See, mon ami yes i think i have to lock down now oh no <laughs> yeah.
1: oh. is it the curfew oh no you're getting cut off
0: <laughs> the internet is being shut at least they don't shut down the internet imagine if they started doing that oh, you can't gosh. do anything shutting nothing down the nothing.
1: internet sit there in silence oh, thank thanks you, sir. mitch
0: cheers